In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Peacocks kill snakes, and this is In the Lab, and this is John Harris. My name's Drew Doherty. It's good to be with you, John. It's good to be with you. How do peacocks? I don't think it has anything to do with their plumage. I think it's them using their beak and getting after it. But beak and no snakes. I didn't know any about that. I didn't know anything about peacocks killing snakes. Found that out today from new Texans defensive back Stephen Nelson. And I knew peacocks uh, beat up on wildcats. I knew that. That's a St. Peter's beating Kentucky oh, tournament joke. Got it. Got it. Uh, okay. But we're going to talk about defensive backs and wide receivers today because we were out at OTAs. That's really the matchups that you closest to a regular game, but you still got to put an asterisk by it sure. there because down in the trenches you're not hitting and you're not doing all the swinging and banging that you want. Oh, wanted. I watched a lot of trench work today. I know, but there's not the full yeah. contact that you would have. It's a little closer of an approximation, but I still, you, you know. Oh, I, know what you mean. I know what you mean. But let's chit-chat about it. Steven Nelson, kind of the marquee addition mm-hmm. via free agency yep. uh, defensively. Yep. Stingley, who was out there for much of today, not yeah. all of today. But he's the, the marquee addition through the draft. I was pretty encouraged by what I saw. Both sides of the ball made plays. It's the first day of OTA, so you know, look into that and dive into that what you will. But Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley, Desmond King, Tavier Thomas, Tremont Smith, those are guys that made plays, did things for this defense last yep. year that um, on a defense that lost 13 games, hey, it's tough to find many bright spots. But in sections, in, in portions, they were bright spots, and you think, these guys added are going to help make that bright spot even brighter, maybe. Yeah, Stingley. Um, I mean, you've watched. I've watched him since 2019, and I, I've loved watching him play. Just the the smooth aspect of his game, his the explosiveness that he has in his game, the ball skills. Just looks bigger than six feet too. I mean, I, six I, feet I, also. I mean. Yeah, I, I've I've said that. I, I when he was in college, I always thought he was six one, six two. Mm-hmm. They said he was six lower, six foot. I was like, I, I mean, I get the whole. Like you lie in the program, but the combine sure. tells you the truth, sort of thing. But he, in in today's game, six foot one ninety is the the perfect size to go against the number of receivers, especially if you can adjust to a guy like Tyreek Hill, and then you can adjust to a guy like DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and then obviously anybody uh, in between. But you know, watching those guys run around a little bit today, it was good. It was competitive to a degree. I mean, obviously, even DBs can't go full on to break up passes and do those kind of things. But I just feel overall, just watching the the DB group, it feels like there's a high level of athleticism in that entire group. Mm -hmm. Talking about the guys that they brought back from last year. Um, I think having a guy like Stingley, having a guy like Nelson allows Des King to play a position he's more, even more comfortable than he was outside. And that's stepping inside, playing the nickel. And he could do some of that, you know, Tav played tremendously, uh, in the nickel spot. Jalen Petrie is able to do that. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I really like watching Jalen Petrie. I, I, w- I was a big fan of him coming out of Baylor. Uh, you and I did you know, those mock drafts, mock simulations mm-hmm. all the time, and I don't know how many of them that you and I both had Jalen Petrie going there at number 37, and I was glad to see the Texans were interested because he just th- – there's a different – he adds something different yeah. 
you know, it's not salt and pepper. There's this different seasoning that's in there. You like, you can't put it's your like finger Tony on it. Yeah, it's like you can't put your finger on it. It's a combination of a lot of different things, but it's really good. Yeah, and I really, I really like it. One of my favorite guys on YouTube is uh, this guy Matt at Meat Church. He does a he does a thing. It's called Holy Voodoo, and it's like that. It's like I don't know what's all in that, and I use it on everything. Right. It's really good. So hopefully Jalen Petrie can be Holy Voodoo. You know, you just you just brought up something. It seems like there's a surplus almost of guys who are capable of playing that nickel position. Sure. Aren't there on yeah. this team at least. Yeah, I think I think there are, and obviously with injuries and yeah, yeah. Else I mean, that'll get chipped team. away at. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like the slot receiver position in some sense. I mean. I think this year, probably more than any other year that I've ever I've ever been here. I remember one year there was a there was Kiki Huti and there was one other guy, and I thought, okay, these guys are going to kind of battle it out, and then neither one of them were really good. So I remember thinking at the time, okay, we'll get a slot receiver out of this, right? And then they really did. Yeah. So my hope is you do throw enough paint at the canvas that you'll find a guy. And the thing is, I thought Tap did a great job, um, and and Desmond I thought played you know well on the outside. There are going to be times where Desmond's not going to be the right guy on the outside because he's 5'10". Mm-hmm. But he's got a 38, 39-inch vertical or whatever it is so that he can challenge taller receivers. But just God-given traits, he's 5'10". So that's going to that's gonna hurt you at some point. Whereas you know, Stingley's got a couple of inches. Uh, that's going to help him in that coverage. Steven Nelson is uh, at least 5'11", maybe bordering on six foot. And he's and Nelson's seen some things on the outside, and he's played majority of the outside. So – I'm curious how that all will come together. And then corner, you know, you mentioned corner is Stingley and Nelson being added to that fray, Petrie being added at safety. But how do the safety positions come together? Because last year at times it was Justin Reed and Lonnie Johnson, which was not a safety combination that really was successful. Eric Reed, Eric Reed, Justin Reed and Eric Murray were back there. There is an Eric Reed, who's Justin's brother, but mm-hmm. he just wasn't back there. But Justin Reed, Eric Murray, I thought that unit had some some synergy. I really liked when Justin Reed was back there with Jonathan Owens and J.O. was coming back from the injury he had against San Francisco. But now you throw J.P. in the mix, Jalen Petrie in there with J.O. And you know Eric Murray is coming back, as Lovie Smith said uh, on Tuesday, about some procedure or whatever. So he's kind of working his way back. But – I look at that safety position, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the possibilities of what it could be. From what it was and some of the options we saw last year, obviously Justin moved to Kansas City. Lonnie's in Kansas City. He moved to corner at some point. But you got J.O. coming back, who I think there's a lot on top potential with. You got Jalen Petrie, who's a rookie who we already talked about. Um, and I, I still think that Eric Murray plays good ball back there at safety. Just – Stuck at safety, or I should say, when stuck you're not at moving him around, right. having him play exactly. out of really out of like, yeah, yeah he is the entire capable first of playing, year, but it's yeah, it's not where he's it, best it, fit. It didn't help. Obviously, he gets his big contract, and oh, Eric, Murray, and then the first thing they do is instead of you're going to play safety and you're going to make that money, it was like, well, we paid you all this money, we're going to move you all around. It was like, yeah, the first year of a guy, I hate seeing a guy have to do that. Because I think that just erodes the guy's confidence. Like, okay, well, now I'm at the star, so i got to do this. Okay, well, now I'm back at safety, so I'm doing this. So if I rotate, they, you know, trade, i got to shift. Hey, just let the guy play a position. Yeah. Let him play and see what he can do. Hey, and then on the flip side, am I dumb for being really excited? Uh, and almost, I, I hadn't forgotten, but it was a nice reminder seeing him out there today, Philip Dorsett. Yeah. He didn't get to play much with the Texans last yeah. year, but when he did, I mean, he was impactful. He was a really he did a good job for the Texans and thought he looked pretty nice today. And am I 
am I off base? No. Having some optimism there no. and, and thinking that he's going to be a nice addition because, man, it was really good seeing Brandon Cooks and he is yeah. the lead dog and I, you know, we contend he's if not the most underrated, but one of the most underrated receivers in the entire game. Yeah. Great seeing him out there, but it was cool seeing Dorsett. He's a veteran. He's been around the block. He's somebody that I think. Davis Mills had a nice little connection with at times. I think what happens with Brandon, um, and I, I thought about this a, a long time ago. I thought about Juwan Howard, uh, and I'm going somewhere. Juwan, Juwan was, I thought, a really good NBA player. But I think Juwan's legacy was that he was really good, but he kept getting traded. So I think the yeah. perception was, well, maybe he's not that good because he keeps getting traded. I think maybe that Brandon kind of fell into that in some sense. He was traded because teams wanted him. He got to Houston, and now he's been able to establish himself for the last couple of years. And he obviously had Sean. He's playing with 2020. He's playing with Davis last year. Now he's playing with Davis again. You know, look, you you create that synergy, and now there have been some other weapons added around him that, you know, maybe you're not going to roll your coverage to Brandon. Maybe it's not going to be double teams all the time. Maybe there's going to be opportunities – hey, Nico Collins is really hurting us in this game. Maybe we need to roll coverage there and take our chances with this corner against Brandon Cooks and see, you know, Brandon then has a 7-8 catch game. That San Francisco game I think was a great example of how good Brandon really is because they were doing everything to stop him because that day was like nobody else was really stepping up to make a play. It was Brandon. And there were times where they would man up on Brandon and then try and roll the safety over, and he beat it. Mm -hmm. Then down in the end zone, they've got him kind of in a bracket coverage. He beats that for a touchdown. I think Brandon, and of course we're biased, but I think him being traded, I think perception-wise to the general public outside of Houston, they look at it, and even some in Houston, they look at it, well, you know, if he was that good, he would have stayed in one play. Well, sometimes it doesn't work like that. It right. doesn't mean he's not a great player. Same as Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard is a fantastic NBA player, but because he kept getting traded, I think it probably hurt his perception. I think it maybe is that way for Brandon Cooks. But to your point uh, about Phil Dorsett, I was kind of the same way. I'm watching number four, which last year we wore number two. Mm-hmm. And Phil's never, you know, he's been in situations where he's been part of the band, and but he's never really been kind of the, the, the lead bass or right. the lead guitar. And so maybe this opportunity here in Houston gives an opportunity to, you know, have a few more solos at the concert in some sense. And I think that would end up being a good thing for him. Dude can smoke. I yeah. mean, he can fly. So it's just a matter of getting – you know, things to him, uh, putting things or having things in the playbook that work for Dorsett individually, that work for Brandon Cooks, that work for Nico Collins. And they all do different things, and that's just the start. And at some point, hopefully you'll get something from Chris Moore and Chris Conley, and then you got John Mechie. Uh, that, and I, and the, the thing with Mechie, because I know people are like, what about Mechie? You drafted him. Yeah, we just don't know. He tore his ACL in December. Mm-hmm. So – if the ACL surgery and rehab is nine to 12 months, that puts him back anywhere between mid to late September and early December. Now come back in early December. You got probably five, six games left. You come back in September. You've got almost the, the whole season. season. Yeah, yeah. So that becomes interesting there as well, but I feel better about the group they have. And maybe a large part of that is because Philip Dorsett's in it mm-hmm. because he provides something that you just cannot coach, as they say. What's You can't coach speed. <laughs> well, it's nice to coach speed when you have it because then you can do some things. And I, I know this is a long time ago, but I, what, 20-some-odd years ago when I was coaching, I had a, a young man who was in eighth grade. He's the fastest kid in the whole school. And we really never had any speed. 
And so I pulled him up to the varsity because I'm like, I got this, this toy. I got this kid that runs 4-3. I'm going to use him. I was like, even if I just use my go routes, like, I want to use him. Right. And I did. I put him out at, I put him out wide, and he would be at wide receiver, and it was like, go route, man, go. And we did. We hit some bombs. We couldn't. We never had done that before. Huh. And all of a sudden, we put him out there, and I was kind of like, this is kind of fun. Hey, can you do a hitch and go? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Next game, <laughs> touchdown. It was so fun because it's like, I got speed. I was always slow. So it's like when you have speed and you know when you're matched up against a guy like that, and it was in and Jackson was a great example of that. And I can't remember who was matched up with him. But Dorsett, the ball's in the air, and Dorsett is pulling away. As Davis is thrown to the spot, Dorsett's pulling away and catching it clean. Yeah. And you're like, you just you didn't have other guys outside of Brandon that could that could do that. Mm-hmm. Well now you have that with Phillip and hopefully he can stay healthy and, and find a nice role and find a nice fit here. Um, that he has probably been looking for for a long time. And for the record on Mechie, you know, he didn't didn't really practice today, obviously, because right. of the knee. But Cooks, when he was asked about Mechie, Cooks kind of lit up and, yeah. and said really good things about him and said, oh, he's special. And, yeah. and uh, he, he seems pretty enthused about what Mechie will be able to do once right. he does come on the field. And there's no timetable on that, as we heard um, as we heard Nick Casario say after the draft. Because Mechie – Doesn't need to be. Yeah, Mechie was like, I'll be ready January, July. And Casario's like, hold on. You know, you'll be ready when you're ready, <laughs> right. and then you'll go out there. Which I think is the you want to be. That's conser- the approach. Yeah, you want to be very conservative with right. that, and as far as getting him back, because right. you're in it for the long haul. You're not in it for Bingo. September and October. Bingo. But nice. you do want to win in September. You, you just, do. You're not, Obviously, you're not you want to sacrifice the future for it, and you want to get a rookie up to speed as much as you possibly can. I mean, the good thing is he has played in the SEC, so he's played some mm-hmm. NFL defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of those guys probably took a pay cut coming from the SEC. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I mean, with all this NIL stuff, Hold those on guys. Now. Speaking of taking a pay cut, jokes, one time I had a chance to talk on the phone with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. The old wrestler. Yeah. Had a two-by-four. Yeah, he was awesome. He was really cool. America, yeah. I went to SMU. You did. Graduated in the 90s. He went to SMU and graduated in the 70s, and I brought that up. I was like, hey, man, you, you played for SMU football. I went there, and he's yeah. like, Oh, yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund once said, I'm the only guy that came to WWF and took a pay cut. (laughs) He he wasn't talking about NILs. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) You guys at SMU were well ahead of this NIL curve, about 35 to 37 years ahead of it. And they weren't the only ones doing it. That's correct. Yeah, I think what happened was the NCAA was so mad at the the Aggies and the Longhorns of the world that decided to punish the Mustangs. So yeah, on that note, let's end things and let's do this again next Tuesday. Does that sound good? It's nice to do these in person. I think we're going to start doing this a little bit more often okay? because our video artists really like these yeah. better than Zooms. And yeah. They oh. get their arms in, in a bunch. I know. <laughs> you so, can't sit in your chair, John. You've got to sit in this special one. Like, all right, whatever. Anyways, it's fun being with you. It's fun being with you. Thank you for checking us out, listening, watching, whatever it is you do, however it is you consume it, because we wouldn't be here were it not for you, the consumer and fan of the Houston Texans. God bless you. We'll see you again very, very soon.